Welcome to the OA Light a Candle Meeting podcast. Visit our website at www.oalaig.org where you'll find three separate speaker feeds with over 400 speaker files, forms for ordering CDs for these speakers, and a place to donate to keep this special service active. I would now like to introduce our speaker for tonight, Laura. Hi, I'm Laura, a grateful um, member of uh, Overeaters Anonymous, and I'm an overeater. Hi, Laura. Hi, hi everybody. It's really been great to uh, come tonight. Thank you, Lee Sand, for and, um, asking me, and I just so appreciate being able to participate in my own recovery, and uh, I also am seeing familiar faces, and I have a, a very small um, home group that I go to, and there's someone here from my home group, so I was <laughs> very pleased to see that. Um, I will just uh, go into my story, what it was like, what brought me here, and what it's like today. Um, what it was like, um, I, never underst- I never had a healthy relationship with food. I never knew how to do food. It's like, I, I just never did. And, you know, my mother always dieted. Um, I think my first diet was when I was 12. I mean, I was always sort of just, it never was right. And I, I, there was this one picture, there was a time in my life that I just thought I was so fat, and I um, found this picture of myself at that time, and I was just like a rail, like I was tall and, and thin. <laughs> and that just that, you know, mind, um, this is a disease of the mind, spirit, and body, and that just that mind picture that I had. Um, you know, and I um, I would steal food. I remember we had a freezer out in, uh, out on the porch. I lived on a farm, and we had a freezer, and my mom uh, kept the Girl Scout cookies in the far left-hand corner, <laughs> down, below, down way deep, and I'd have to lean my whole body all the way in, like you're almost falling in to get those Girl Scout cookies. Um, so, and... And I don't know, focusing on my body and focusing on food and focusing on negativity, just um, that was just the natural course of life. I didn't know any other way. And, and my, my mother, I guess, is the main person I sort of learned that from. But, um, so that's kind of how I grew up. And I um, never – I'll fast forward to um, some other memories of just how I – like, you know, the things that um, you think you're never going to do, but you steal or um, eat out of the garbage or, you know, those things that we do. Um, I, <laughs> I worked in a, in a retail environment, and so there's cameras. Um, but, <laughs> uh, but I would just make these trips from my office to the to the secretary's desk where there was a bowl of candy, and you know, just and it would cross cross my mind. Like if the loss prevention people are watching right now, they must be wondering why I'm making a tenth trip to this desk to get this candy. So um, that and then you know you'd get I get gifts at round holidays, and I'd get candy. And I would, you know, eat a piece of it and swear I wouldn't eat any more. And then, of course, eat three more. And then I would put it in the garbage because I'd throw it away because now I'm not going to have any more. And then, of course, I would have to get it out of the garbage. And, and so I, I think I had a problem with food. But I did not know that. Um, it's just, again, kind of how I lived. And um, I am 
you know, I, I, what, I'll tell you how I got here. Um, I think I, actually, you know, I'll back up. I went to uh, an Overeaters Anonymous meeting for the first time, and uh, it was in Hollywood. And it was, I went because I noticed I was living with a boyfriend at the time, and I noticed I could not stop thinking about the ice cream in the, in the freezer. Could not stop thinking about it. And I, so I went to this Over, Overeaters Anonymous meeting and cried and related, but never went back. And then I started on a journey and on another 12-step program. And, um, and you know, I guess, you, you know, God gives you the path that you need. I, had, I needed to feel safe first, I guess. Um, I needed to get some tools under my belt. I needed to kind of learn how to cope and be in life and show up um, because, God forbid, I would give up food. <laughs> and um, so, uh, fast forward to um, some real demoralization that got me here. I, um, I was doing a, um, one of the, what is it, you know, commercial diets where you get, get special foods and you do this commercial diet. And I had done that probably 20 times. I mean, I had done it throughout my life. But this time was a little different because I started it and I knew it would work because it always did work. I, I knew it would work. It would, I'd probably lose 15, 20 pounds. And, but this time I went into it very despairingly because I knew at the end of it working, I would have no idea what to do. And I was so... Um, demoralized by the thought that this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to do three-week to six-week increments of my life until I'm 70. You know, I just had this, I could just see the rest of my life that I was going to do these diets and they would work and I would feel okay and then I would have no idea how to eat food again and then I would have to do it over and over and over again. So that's that happened in the summer of 2006 where I was doing that diet and yes, it worked. And, um, and yet, it didn't work after I was done. And then I got really sick. I was sick in September, and I, my brother had given me a book, and it was about letting go of sugar and flour and how to get healthy and all of this. So I was reading this book, and I was remembering that I had this sense about my body when I was, like, in my teens, that I had no business eating sugar and flour and health, and such. I had no capability of doing anything about it at that point. So I thought, okay, I'll do it now. You know, I will go off sugar and flour, and I'll, you know, I'm so sick, this will help me heal. And and it did. I got better. This was in September, and I got better. But um, about two months later, it, it was Halloween. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the season. Uh, it was, it, it, thus it begins. Um, so what happened around... Um, Halloween, it's so, so funny, it's not even really directly related to Halloween, but again, back in my retail environment, we had a vendor drop off candies that were, they were supposed to be samples to give out to customers, but um, they, were, they were free, free food, that's always better than just food, free food, uh, and they were available, you know, if I snuck them, and they were incredibly rich, so I ate just I would say 30 of these things. I just ate so many of these things that I just really almost made myself sick. So that ended my my 
willing myself to be off of sugar and white flour. It was like, okay, it was done. Um, so that was my first crash and burn um, at that moment of trying to do it myself. Um, then I went on a, on a trip and with a bunch of people, and I, uh, we went out to dinner, and I decided not to eat dinner, you know, <coughs> controlling and managing. But they ordered dessert at, for the table, and it sat in front of me, and I ate, I ate virtually the whole dessert. And that night was the first time really that I'd ever experienced, like, not even being able to sleep because I was so full. And so here I had kind of a one-two punch or a back-to-back uh, moments of demoralization of how much I couldn't do, I could not do this. Then I went to a retreat, and it was a retreat for my, my other program, but the speaker had an OA element to her program. And even before I knew that, um, I saw um, a friend I knew in the rooms, and she had been transformed. She, um, Lee Sam's nodding because she knows this person, um, makes me just teary to have that connection about her because she was such a beacon. It was just it's like, what happened? And she had lost 70 pounds, and she had been in, in, she had been coming to OA. And I just was so struck by, you know, seeing her walk toward me. And then to have the speaker have an OA part to her program, to her pitch and her story, I was just, it was, again, the one-two punch of recovery this time, <laughs> um, where I just was getting this message. And so I was sitting in a workshop, and I, you know, I was, you know, again, we're so dramatic. Um, I turned to the person next to me, and I said, I think I have to go to OA. And she said, right now? <laughs> so, no, I didn't have to go right that second. Um, so that was like early November. And um, I knew I could not be abstinence through Thanksgiving. I mean, come on. There's like no way I could do Thanksgiving. But um, I was so desperate by this time, I realized I had to, I had to get to a meeting of OA. So I, I came to my first meeting on November 19th, 2006. And who should be there but um, the woman who had been the beacon at, at the conference. And uh, I went to the meeting, was at the meeting, and but it was afterwards that she came up and gave me a hug, and I'm so glad you're here. And... And uh, I'm not even sure how it quite happened, but she sort of said, do you want to call me? And so I said, yes. You know, I'm, I'm trained. I know. You do outreach calls. You call people. But it's the next thing that she said, which was, well, we, why don't you call me tomorrow at 6 a.m.? <laughs> and I burst into tears. Not because really I was going to call somebody at 6 a.m., but it was because I was going to call somebody at 6 a.m. I mean, I knew I was, I knew I was licked. I knew I was beat if I was going to be that willing to call somebody at 6 a.m. the next morning. So, um, you know, that was kind of my start of my journey in this program. And I have been very, very blessed to have had abstinence from the day I started in this program. And I know that's not everyone's story, um, but I'm so grateful. And, you know, a meeting I went to for a long, long time was uh, Recovery from Relapse was the name of the meeting. And I was so grateful for that meeting because I really wanted to hear those stories of recovery from relapse because I knew 
I had the identification. I just felt like I'd relapsed my whole life. I just fortunately didn't relapse once I got into into the program. But I really needed to hear those stories of relapse and that, like, there's no way out of this disease. Like, I... And, and just, just the struggle and, uh, again, that demoralization. And I, I really had a very healthy fear of my disease when I got here. I, you know, because they kind of say, you know, at least I've learned in, you know, the spiritual path, you know, that you're not, you know, if you're not, if you're in fear, you're not in faith. And sort of fear has a, has a bad rap in our, in our world. And, um, I actually think there, there, there's a healthy form of fear. I mean, humans have fear to protect ourselves. <laughs> and I think I had the healthy form of fear, uh, just a huge respect for this disease. Um, because I, I just so, I mean, I really got it that my abstinence was a treasure. Like, it was just to be protected, and it was to be respected, and it was to not be taken for granted. And, you know, the first results that I got from from recovery was having the fog lift could not believe it's like colors got brighter Mm -hmm. the lights came on I mean I could not believe the difference I couldn't believe how much food was masking me and separating me from the world and then the other piece I got from that is it was completely separating me from God and I I think that's why I said I had to have um, I had 12 years of recovery in that other program before I got here and I think I needed that level of safety and tools because Oh my God! It's a big, scary world out there without food. Like, you know, oh my God, how do how do you do it? And I didn't realize that peanut M and M's were separating me from God. No wonder, no wonder it was so scary. I was just relying on peanut M and M's, and here's here's God over here. You know, it's like it's like that whole thing: alcoholic death or God. Hmm, let's debate. You know, peanut M and M's or God. And you know, I went for the peanut M and M's for years, and uh, and so now I had this opportunity to have God really in my life and um, start that feeling of I could I could be safe you know with God and without food and you know that first year in uh, I'll, I'll, let me tell you my my abstinence it's um, three meals a day um, up to two two snacks I don't necessarily always have the two snacks uh, no sugar and no white flour and then my food plan can include like I don't do fried foods and and I don't even do wheat bread. And, and, but I like not having them on my abstinence list. Because someday I might want to have wheat bread. <laughs> and I, that just that just makes me happy. That someday <laughs> I could have wheat bread if I wanted to. So, uh, you know, and that's the other piece about this program and working the program and staying in touch with my fellows and, and doing the things we do, staying in touch with my sponsor, going to meetings, is I really need to not forget that I'm an overeater. Again, I've been blessed with abstinence since the day I walked into the rooms. But I never want to forget that I'm an overeater. And, you know, some of the things that remind me, and particularly early on in my recovery, is I'd get so angry if the meal wouldn't go right. You know, if I misjudged somehow, or it wasn't what I thought it was going to be, or there wasn't enough, oh my God. (laughs) <laughs> oh my God! If there wasn't enough, you know, and I, I got, um, I got tools like it's only one meal, and that, you know, some of this stuff is so obvious that it's like earth shattering. It's like, oh right, it's only one meal. I'm gonna have another meal 
you know, tomorrow morning or in four hours. I mean, it's like it's not the crisis because I, I don't know about you, but I feel like I'm going to die if I don't have the food I need. So, and, and then things like um, I have had my full allotment of chocolate. I just ate it in the first half of my life instead of, you know, <laughs> facing it out through the whole life. I've, I've, I, so I'm not deprived. I, have not, I do not have less chocolate than anyone else. I just did my whole ration of chocolate. So, you know, that helps. Um, <laughs> oh, my gosh. And, um, you know, and I also ate big meals. I mean, now I was eating nourishing meals, but I wasn't, I wasn't, for me, I wasn't measuring or doing that. I was just having these big, healthy meals and, and losing weight and uh, having this whole different experience with food. And because I was handing over my food to my sponsor in the morning, it lifted that whole equation, that whole mathematics that I used to do. If I eat this, then I won't eat that. And then if I have a candy bar, then for the next three days I'm going to have salad. And you know, just just so busy calculating food. Meanwhile, I didn't use any facts and figures like calories or you know exercise. You know, I didn't do anything. I just head, just the head going and going and going and going. So, uh, so that was all lifted because I gave my food away to my sponsor in the morning, and then I knew it was it was, it was done. I didn't have to think about the food anymore, and um, I didn't have to think about the food. And but if if life happened and there was a change, I could text her or call her. Or, you know, I could just I had lost the ability to make decisions about food. That was my surrender. I lost the ability to make decisions about food, and I had turned that over to a sponsor and to my God. And and when I was first new in program, um, it was more to my sponsor than to God. <laughs> Just really having that phone call and figuring it out and, and what's working and what's not. And I remember one day I had a reaction. I was really despairing, negative, and hopeless on my phone call with my sponsor. So she introduced a major new idea to me. She said, what did you eat yesterday? I had never made that connection, that my crazy head and my crazy emotion could be due to my physical allergy to food. And what happened is I had gone to a fast food place and gotten rice, but not knowing that it was white rice and not you know, I just was so new at that time. I hadn't thought about the difference. And the, white, and the sugar in the white rice had, had triggered me. So... Um, so that was a revelation, like, oh, maybe my emotions don't drive my eating. Maybe my eating can drive my emotions. So again, it was another piece of information that I have a disease. Like, it's not just me creating this or making this up. This is, this is really a disease that I need to treat and need to be conscious of and be aware of. Um, I think I want to... Uh, Fast forward a little bit. Actually, no. Let me let me let me go over this this piece because it's a pretty amazing uh, piece of my story. So, not only did I have the fog lift, which was a major um, revelation and comfort and new experience of life. And that first year, I probably had all my defects kind of stir up again. But the difference was, I was aware of them. I had feelings around them. I wasn't numbed out, and um, they didn't last as long. I would just kind of act out, and then, and then I would go on and, and have some tools and recovery that I could use. So that was sort of, I got all that out of my system. And then I had this experience of um, surrendering 
Well, I had this little thought in my head that popped up, and this is in the fall of 2007, so I'd been um, abstinent almost a year. And the thought occurred to me, I, maybe I would like to have a partner in my life. I just never had really allowed that. I'd been married centuries before. It was like 15, 20 years. It had been a long time. Uh, and it had been very, very sick relationship and marriage. And I hadn't really dated very much. And I just, I realized, I think that little moment of thought, I had just shut that out, thinking I don't need that, I don't want that, and I'm okay without that. In some ways, that served me well. I got some recovery and sense of self. But on the other hand, I wasn't participating in that area of my life. And then that Christmas, I participated in a prayer group, and we, we did prayers for each other at the end of the year for the new year. And I prayed for a healthy relationship with men. I didn't pray for a relationship. I didn't pray for the love of my life. I just prayed for a healthy relationship with men because I had a great fear of men. And um, I had I just, they were aliens. I just didn't know how to talk to them. I didn't know where they were coming from. I just... I, I, fear and anger, that's all I kind of associated with men. And, um, and so right after that prayer, I started noticing men at work who were just really kind people. I realized my boss was really kind and I could talk to him. And a couple of other men at work, I realized, oh, I do have a relationship with a man and he's okay and I can talk to him. So just little inklings of, oh, I, I can be with a man, I can talk with a man, I, I, am, I am okay, I am safe. And then I um, went to a wedding and um, downset a man. And it was like we were in mid-sentence the moment he sat down. And so we were just chattering along. And, and at one point he said, uh, oh, at one point I told him, this is how, like, completely open I was like so as he puts it our hearts were so open like like God almost played a trick he opened our hearts so much that we we by accident let each other in <laughs> you know because uh, you know we both have a history that's not so pretty in that area and uh, so I said to him you know I really don't date I I, I don't know. It's probably something about me. I'm probably shutting people out or shutting men out. And he goes, like, duh. And I blushed, you know, because he was saying, obviously, you know, he was saying, you're, you're beautiful. I find you attractive. And just in that duh, you know, like, of course it's you because you should be dating. And uh, so we met at that wedding. And um, the next weekend I was at a women's retreat. And I just had a complete and utter surrender. Well, let me back up. At the end of that night, it was just like it was just such a sweet night. Um, I wasn't planning on anything. I, there was no exchange of numbers or anything like that. So then you fast forward to the next weekend. It was a women's retreat, and I just had this complete surrender where I was just done. I did this share with the group that just said, you know, God, I can't improve anymore. This is it. <laughs> I'm, I'm just, I'm, in, I'm. This is the improved version. I mean, this is, this is, this is, all, this is all I've got. This is all you've got. I'm just so done, and uh, I just, I can't, I can't make myself any better for any man out there. I, this is it. And <laughs> I even had one of the women come up later and just say something like, "I relate," or and I just like snapped her head off. I was. Just like so 
like raw with being done. Like I, I sort almost like I just all of you go away because I'm so done. And then later that day, I laid down and slept for like three hours. And then a long timer came, and she she has really bad knees, but she got down on her knees on the floor with me when, where I was um, sleeping, and I was awake by now. And uh, and she was just like, well, maybe you should, you know, just go home, go go back to family, you know, leave Los Angeles, just you know, maybe maybe you are done. And it, it was just another level of surrender with someone I really really loved. And so that 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 event so I am just now as you can tell I'm done right so two weeks later this man calls that I'd met at at the wedding and this man is my husband today (laughs) and you know I fast forward through a lot of that but it was you know we we met that we, we started dating and I had to pray a lot every time he came to the door I uh, had to be willing to show up even though I was scared and um, I realized I trusted him. I realized he trusted me. That was almost even bigger. Like he didn't feel jealousy and stuff. I'd always had that kind of vibe, and he was completely open. I remember one thing. At one time, I said to him, "You know, I really admire your confidence." And he said, "Oh, that's my faith." It's <laughs> like, wow, I, I want that faith. That his faith was very attractive, you know. And that's, you know, he's in recovery, and and. Um, it's just been a wonderful, wonderful journey. We got married um, last February, so I mean a year ago February, so we're a little over a year married, and we had the wedding of our dreams. We we saved for it and did it ourselves, and it was just the best love fest for all. All uh, that's what I thought of it. Is this is a party for everyone I love, you know? And all my family came, and it was just it was just beautiful. And I'll now tell you a little bit about what the. Um, last six months have been like uh, <laughs> no that segue's not good because my husband my, my, my husband is not not the issue at all it's been it's been fabulous i i love getting to know him i really call it an adventure it's truly an adventure to be that close to someone else's life and then to allow myself to be seen that clearly because that was a big thing i always wanted to be hidden and i never wanted someone to um see me and I never wanted, I never wanted to be caught. You know, if you're stealing food and doing all the stuff I was doing, you don't really want to be caught. And, um, you know, now I'm caught. My, my husband sees things about me, but I'm really getting to learn even further and more deeply that I am loved and I am lovable just by being here, just by being on the earth. I deserve, I, I am, I'm lovable. And uh, he knows me and loves me. You know, what, what more can you say? That's just amazing gift. And that's what I always remember. It's a gift from God. It's a complete gift from God. And all I have to do is keep my relationship with God strong. And then the rest of it just all happens. But what happened at the beginning of this year is I got sick. I uh, could not shake the flu. Most people couldn't. It just seemed to just hang on, hang on. So that's why I didn't think it was any different. Like everybody else couldn't shake it either. But mine I couldn't shake so that by the time, like two months went by, by the time March came, I just crashed. I, I could not move. I had the deepest fatigue I had ever experienced. And I've always struggled with energy all my life, but I just stopped. It was, again, another surrender. And I, um, I was off work for six weeks, which is unheard of. I'm, I'm a worker. I show up, I work hard, I work long, and I, I'm a worker, and I just stopped. 
And then I even went back to work only half time, which for someone who, you know, gives it, gives them your all uh, just to show up for four hours and leave was like an amazing um, experience. But during those six weeks, I really felt connected to God. I know God. It was such a journey of God. I, it was all about rest in God. That's the phrase, just rest in God. I, um, my husband and I have decided to um, relocate back to Kentucky. Remember the long timer on her knees? <laughs> she had that prayer for me, and we're going to do that together. Uh, and so in my mind, if you're going to relocate and find new jobs and find a home, you've got a lot of work to do. You better be up on your feet, running, making things happen, you know, have an agenda, have a to-do list. Well, God said, no, I want you to flat on your back, and I don't even want you to have enough energy to think. All you're going to do is rest in me. Ah, what a journey to go from needing food to be safe to like completely just resting in God. Like there was no choice. You know, it's sad that it has to be where there's no choice, but that's what it took. And um, I rested in God, and I um, I have such trust in God. Like He's going. He, this this journey is unfolding. It will all happen. Um, it's all okay. But how this? I want to circle back to my abstinence. The treasure that I did realize when I first got here because when I got ill all I could do was sleep and eat I mean I was down to the basics it was just kind of funny because I'd sleep and then eat a full meal I mean you'd think I was you know a truck driver or something I I was sleeping and then eating these big meals three times a day and um, I just was so grateful that I knew how to do that I just, I was, this whole journey of finding my health, and I've, I've been using alternative healers and just all sorts of different activity to, to heal myself. And uh, I, and that was one of my realizations. I just said heal myself, and I was having that thought, no, God heals this. But no, it's truly, I have a responsibility. And that's what happened on March 4th when I couldn't go to work anymore. It's like, I have to take responsibility for my health, and I need to do whatever it takes to be healthy. But this this baseline of an abstinence and uh, a no, knowing how to do my food, having this relationship, having a healthy relationship with food for over six years, I was able to walk through this health crisis and come out the other side. And, and, and if I hadn't had that baseline, I don't even think that, you know, people that have helped me get well, that I would have been well enough to get well. You know what I mean? I just I just look back and I just think, wow. Why do we ever question God? Because it's so clear that he's got it worked out and that this has been part of my journey, this being getting abstinent so that I finally deal with these issues with my health that basically I've struggled and fought with and controlled all my life, and now I finally let go to let God really take care of them. So my level of gratitude, again, I was so grateful when I got asked to share because I just am so filled up with gratitude for my abstinence, for this program, for God, and for the incredible hope. And, you know, just God is all things. God is love, and God has it all taken care of. So thanks for letting me share. Okay, so we have a few more minutes to do questions, if anyone has any questions. Uh, she asked what my daily routine is. And so I uh, call my sponsor. I, well, no, let's see. I wake up, 
and I, uh, I, 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 I now I'm doing my reading in the evening because I couldn't do it all in the morning. So usually I do my readings in the evening, but I save writing about them the next morning. So I will write about what's coming up from, from the reading, and then I do a letter. I used to only do a letter to God, but recently I've been doing a letter from God. And I think it's mainly because of this illness and being so close to God and being so in need of his direction and his reminder that I'm okay and I'm safe and he's right there. So I've been doing this letter from God. And then I uh, write out my food and I call my sponsor with the reading or with, um, uh, with, well, I give her my food. But I don't, recently we haven't really been reading the reading. It's been more about my day and what does my day hold and how is God in my day. I I didn't even touch on my work life because that was a huge surrender about two two years ago. Um, And then I pack up my food and I love this that I know to not skimp on that. Like just the other day, I didn't have I actually didn't have time to pack up my food. But before I went into the to the office, I stopped at Subway and got a salad. Like I just know to to take the time now, so I am taken care of throughout the whole day. So I hope that helps. I, I she asked if I had a spiritual practice monthly, daily, yearly. Um, I guess the the letter writing is kind of sort of my foundation, and then I do really love retreats, primarily women's retreats. Those have been very, very powerful for me. Um, and I talk to God a lot, just um, just sort of informally. <laughs> just, hey, God, you know, um, that has really proven to be uh, wonderful. And I have uh, two books that I always read, and um, I've read them for years, and and I've never, I haven't changed them. I have a lot of books that I could read, but for some reason, those two books I, I keep sticking with. So, thanks. Okay, so how my marriage has maybe changed my food or how we work around. I really have it easy. My husband has his own food thing. He's a runner, and he, it, we're, we're the Jack Spratt, could eat no fat, his wife could eat no lean, you know, that thing. Because he, but I, we're the opposite, because I don't really watch my fat intake. Uh, mine, mine's more kind of carbs and other things that I have no business eating. But he doesn't eat fat. So he does all these lean cuisines and protein drinks. And, and we don't. And I do someday hope to learn, that's my hope and my dream, is to learn how to, he's vegetarian, doesn't want fat. You know, I don't eat dairy. I mean, I'd love to kind of come up with some sort of dish some way that we could both eat. I could prepare and we could eat together. But I don't know uh, my skill level and what, what is out there, I don't know. Um, so I kind of have it easy that I'm not preparing, you know, you know, food for him or different food. But the other thing that came to mind when you said that, and it's just, I'm so, I'm so fortunate to have this loving, gentle man in my life who's so aware. He's just very aware. And he knows, have you eaten yet? Have you had your food? You know, he's so on it. And then, you know, that can be a signal that maybe I've misbehaved. Um, but usually it's just him perhaps one step ahead of me of, hey, it's, you know, it's been a long afternoon, or you know, you'll feel better if you eat your food. And I'm, I'm just so grateful to have a partner like that who realizes um, I need to take care of myself in this area. So, all right, thank you all.